0: Okay, well, it was my kid's sports day uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I did the dad's race. Um, Now, my mission on the dad's race has changed over the last few years. Um, I used to try and win. Now, I'm just happy to not get injured. (laughs) Two years ago, I did pull my groin running sports day, and I came fourth. (laughs) So this year I was like, right, okay, let's just make it to the end. Look like I'm doing a good job but not overstretch it. And of course I ran as fast as I could and and, and at the end I was like, oh, I'm not injured. Okay, great, yes, it's like a victory. The reality is I'm, uh, I'm, I'm 30, I think I'm 36, I might be 37, I can't remember. But I'm dying. You know, when, when you're young, you're growing, aren't you? And then about 30, 33, around that sort of area, you start dying off. <laughs> it takes a long time. <laughs> but you're no longer growing. Um, <clears throat> interesting, right? Uh, now, I'm going to say a few things this morning which, which could be uh, I don't know, a little bit distressing and I, I don't want to upset you, um, but... Um, I, I want to talk about some things that um, can, can feel uncomfortable if that makes sense. Um, the reality is all of us are, our bodies are perishing right <laughs> it's not necessarily a nice reality, uh, and it's something that we probably don't think about all the time but you know that eventually your time will run out. And uh, it's a sort of thought that if you think about quite a lot, (laughs) it can be quite distressing. (laughs) In fact, uh, I remember a girl at work, she said to me, uh, oh, I've been really like, I can't get to sleep at night. I can't get to sleep at night and I've been... um, thinking about what happens when you die I said what I, I can't just think that there's nothing no just turn into dust into fertiliser and then that's the end of that there must be something more and she said oh you probably don't have to worry about that being a Christian and all and I said well I don't actually <laughs> but do you know what Are you secure in where you're going? Only you know. (laughs) Uh, I can't help you with that one. Are you secure? Uh, And you know what? When you meet Jesus and and you you give your life to him, you can be 100% secure. Amen? And uh, many of us uh, have been through that experience. Uh, and feel like we have a, a solid assurance of where we're going. Isn't that great? You can relax a little bit. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but when you don't, it's very uncomfortable to consider that thought, it's quite distressing. And it's the sort of thing that you want to, uh, people will put off thinking about. I'll think about anything but thinking about that. Let me distract myself with, with uh, life, with family, with what I'm building right now, right here. Um, I've got things to do. Let me be getting on with this. What distractions have I got? I want to watch telly. Let's just think about that instead. I want to do anything but really focus on my eternal destiny because I haven't got a clue. And it leaves me in a point of despair. And I, I just, I want to address it a little bit this morning. You know, uh, you have that little thing so eating away at you at times. Eating away, eating away, eating away there's something more there's something more there's something more what I've got right now isn't it there's something more and people search all over for it don't they and whatever they find it gives them a temporary sense of this is great isn't it got another pair of shoes feels good (laughs) but eventually I'm going to need another pair of shoes because I know that's not it I need something more and uh, you know, I was sitting in the prayer meeting the other week and, and I had this sense that you know, we crave God. We don't realise that we do, but we do. And there are cravings in our spirit and our hearts that can't be satisfied any other way than through Jesus Christ. And I encourage you, if, that's, if, you're, if you've got that itch that can't be scratched this morning in your heart, you're looking for Jesus whether you realise it or not. Our spirits crave God. And uh, <clears throat> okay, that's my introduction. I talk about something slightly different. Where is your home? A big question. Where is your home? Where is the where is the home for your soul? Where is the home for your spirit? And where is the home for your body? I want you to consider that what you think might be home isn't home. Now if you were to go to Mars you would arrive on Mars and you'd get out and you'd be in the atmosphere of Mars uh, off your spaceship and you would um, be breathing the Mars air Uh, and uh, our air has 21% oxygen Mars' air has 1% oxygen, uh, and you would be an alien <laughs> to Mars. Uh, and it wouldn't be your home. In fact, you, you, your, your, your body would be um, in, in conflict with, with uh, um, <coughs> Mars, and, and it would deteriorate quicker because you're not compatible with Mars. You, as a person, are not compatible with Mars. Does that make sense? You know, the, you, you you'd breathe and and and, uh, and 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 you wouldn't last very long because you're not compatible. So if you managed to survive, get your helmet back on, get in a spaceship, and go back all the way back to Earth, okay? And you would get out and you go, ah, 21% oxygen, loving it. But I'll tell you this: you're not compatible with Earth either. Earth is not your home. you're going to die here too because you're not compatible your body is not compatible and your spirit certainly is not compatible with this place and uh, it's not sustainable long term you can't um, you know what you build here is is, going to is going to it's going to go I want to think about this um you know, parks are nice aren't they? Parks are nice. I like to walk in the park, I like to run in the park, you know? It's great, isn't it? Try living in the park. People do and it's it's a sad thing, but people live in the park. But it's not compatible for living. It's not a home. And if you live in the park, you will you will become run down. You will become smelly you will become, uh, you will get a bad back from sleeping on the park bench. Does that make sense? because it 's not your home it 's not made for that uh, and and, and, I, and I just want to en- encourage you in some weird way that this earth is not your home. your home is, it is bigger and better, and it 's with the Lord Jesus um, <coughs> Your workplace, your workplace is not a home, unless it's actually a home, but I'm not, you know what I'm getting at here. Um, where, where you work, you, you can't live there, can you? You could try, and I thought about it quite a lot, maybe it would be better if I had to blow up bed at work sometimes, the amount of times I've had to stay late, it'd be easier. But it wouldn't be sustainable, there's nobody there, you know, we need to be with others <laughs> uh, of, of a night time. You know, but there's many of us, and we may work our home in our hearts. Uh, I just want to um, just turn you to Genesis two, um, just at the beginning. You don't have to turn to it. I can read it. it's fine. Now the Lord had planted a garden to the east in Eden, and there He put the man he had formed. And the, Lord, uh, and the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the, the grounds, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. And in the middle of the garden was a tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's a river in the garden. There's beautiful things in the garden. Uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a river that leads to just a place of gold. It's amazing down in verse 15, the Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work to work it and to take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from the tree uh, in the garden. Uh, but you mustn't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Um, verse 18, the Lord said, it's not good for the man to be alone so I'm going to make him a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord had formed, uh, yes yeah, so this is it now the Lord God had formed out of the ground the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air he brought, uh, he brought them to the man to see what he would name them and whatever the man called each living creature this was his name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the air and the beasts of the field and if you keep reading it, it says that Adam and Eve were there and it was fantastic and they were naked and they didn't care uh, and I want to encourage you that This was home. The Garden of Eden was a home. It was a real home. God had made it and he put the man in it and he'd he'd, uh, given him a wife and put them together and and he said, look after it uh, and I want you to be creative. And and I just want to encourage you, this this Eden, this place of home, um, it's a place of nakedness before God. You know, they were naked. It's a... You know, real home is a place of nakedness and now you will know when you're at home you are more likely to walk around naked than in the street, right? (laughs) Because it's your home and you feel comfortable and it's just you and your people and that's alright. The Garden of Eden was a place of communion with God. Adam was in perfect relationship with God and you saw them having all sorts of fun, God's help. I made this I want you to give it a name Uh, and and there was nothing between them and this is the perfect place Uh, and you know what there was no death in the Garden of Eden at all Adam was completely sustainable there he didn't need clothes to keep him warm God provided him all the perfect food and he wasn't dying out he wasn't dying he was completely compatible Uh, and it was a place of security in God. Adam had no worries. When he was in heaven, he had nothing to worry about. What was there to worry about? God's in charge. It was a place of endless perfection, you know? And beauty. Everything was perfect. And you know what? Our eyes are drawn to perfection, aren't they? You know, whether You know, there's something in you that still wants that experience of of the Garden of Eden and, and, and wants to go home and so when we see something perfect you just want to look at it whether it's a beautiful person or, or someone doing some sort of skill amazingly you know the best runner the, the, um, uh, the amazing musician that thing that is perfect we, we're drawn to it because we're drawn home and we don't necessarily realise what that means sometimes. But, but, God, but we, we are made for something more than where we're in. And, and understanding that is really important. Because it means we don't put all our eggs in this basket here on this earth. Amen? But you know, home is also a place where you can relax and think. Adam had time just to relax and think with God. It's a place where you can create and build. God had asked Adam, name all the animals. You come up with something. You know, and I think sometimes we can get so busy and there's no creativity left in us at all. And the Lord wants us to come to him and be with him. And as we do that, as we waste time with the Lord, ideas come, don't they? I remember when I was younger, I had tons more ideas. And now I'm old and... uh, not that old, but now I've got kids and I've got things to do and I've got targets to meet and places to go. My creativity is, is not in the same place. Yet Lord wants to bring us back into this place of creativity. Um... talk about uh, Jesus Jesus knew it Uh, he knew he wasn't at home on this earth he knew where he'd come from and he knew where he was going Uh, I'm just going to read you a couple of quotes so John 16 verse 28 says I came from the Father and entered the world now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father Jesus knew where his home was listen to this when they said uh, Matthew eight verse twenty. Jesus replied, "Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head." He's talking about himself and he's saying, "I've got a home on this, in this place. I know where my real home is. If you want to follow me, you're going to have to abandon your strongholds, your 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 places." Um, where you've you've stored everything up on this earth you 're going to have to abandon those if you want to follow me you know, when Jesus preached, what did he preach and I think it's quite interesting you know like he did preach a lot of things, but he kept coming back to this same thing when he got people captured you know he'd done a miracle or he'd done something or the people they just come out because they needed to hear the word and they knew there was something special about him he 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 got up on his soapbox and he would, he would say these same things over and over again. He'd say, the kingdom of heaven is like, it's like this and it's like that and it's like this. Nothing to do with this world. He said the kingdom of heaven is like a, a net that's been let down onto, into a lake. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in the field. And, and you look at Matthew and it's like 20, 30 times it's written, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And, and you see Jesus' whole heart is saying, look, there's more for you. I've got more for you. This isn't your place. You, you're, you're building, but I've got more for you. The, the kingdom of heaven is like this and, and you could go there. And he gets so excited and people must think, what is he chatting about? Even when I read it sometimes, I think, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that's been let down in a lake. What? I've got no clue what he's chatting about. But I want to find out. <laughs> you know, it's got to be better than what we what's here. You see, Jesus is just He's just so excited to show you his place. You know, like um, I've got a new TV, you know, and whoever comes around, I say, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on come and see, I want to show you, I want to show you it. And it's really exciting. And some people are like, wow, it's nice. And I think, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's really good, isn't it? You know, like um <laughs> But this is what Jesus is like. He's saying, come on, come on, come on. Come on, I want to show you. I want to show you my house. I want to invite you. You're invited in. I'll get you in. Don't worry, come through me. If you come through me, you can get in. And uh, and this is what he spends his whole time doing. You know, and, and, he, and he gets in arguments, doesn't he? He gets in, he, you know, like Jesus, uh, he argues with the Pharisees. He argues with them and... Uh, He says this. He argues with him a lot. He says, woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door to the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. And he's saying, you're not coming into my house. Not like that. Not with your pride and, and everything that you've built. And you're stopping other people coming in. This is what Jesus is bothered about. He'll heal people because they need to see him and they need to know who he is and that's why he's healing people. But he's saying, that's not it. I could heal your arm, you're still going to die in 50, 60 years. You might be a leper today and I can fix you up but if you go to hell, it doesn't make any difference. He's saying, I've got something better. I've got something more for you. Uh, and I, and I, you know what? It's fantastic. It's fantastic. You know, and he argues. He argues with the Pharisees more and more. And, and he, do you know what he argues about? Where he's come from. Where he's come from. So I've come from the Father. And they say, no, you haven't. He says, yes, I have. I've come from the Father. That's my home. And he said, I'll tell you who your father is. You know, like Jesus gets a bit animated. Because he knows where his home is. And he wants to bring you. He wants to take you. And you know what? If you've accepted him into your life, you can have that rock-solid assurance. I'm going. I know where I'm going. Isn't that exciting? Let's have a look. Let's have a look at some people. What have you made your home? Do you know what? We can make our home so many different things, can't we? And I love my home and I love to do a bit of DIY and I don't do it quite as quick as I should do. You know, if you look at my garden, you will be rather frustrated of how many years it has taken to produce absolutely nothing. Um, But we build, don't we? And I want to encourage you what are you building? What are you building? What sort of home are you building? Because you've got opportunity. Can build your home in the kingdom. It says, store up riches in heaven. That's what it says. Store up riches in heaven. Let's have a look at some of the people in the Bible. The foolish man, he built his home on the sand. He built his home on an easy life. How many people are building their home on an easy life? Let's just do what's easiest. That leads to destruction, we know it. The sand, the the rain comes and the house washes away. The Pharisees, they built their home on position and power and maintaining what they had. We don't want to build a home on that. The prodigal son, he he built his home on, he went away, didn't he? He moved out of the family home And he went and, la- he went and lived in, in experiences. He went and li- lived in desires uh, and partying and forgetting about everything. And we can make our home in that place. Getting the next thing. Uh, the next experience. The ne- if once I get there, once I get this, uh, and I'm and, uh, hanging out. And, and what he did is he, he had loads of money in there, loads of friends. You know, we can do that, can't we? Well, I'm going to build my home around my family and my, um, my friends. Uh, and do you know what? They're in the same position as you. They're perishing. And I encourage you to build your house on something more sustainable. The rich young ruler. And he build his home on his riches his security was in in himself and in what he had and we can be like that can't we oh no i can't do that all right i'm going to stay in my comfort zone and if we want to go for the lord there's times when we're going to have to step out of that samson he made his home with delilah <laughs> didn't really work out for him did it (laughs) but he made his he made his home in I'm the man and I'm going to do what I want to do that's where he made his home and the Lord had said don't you know that he shouldn't take a wife from another another people Uh, but he did because he did what he wanted to do are we making our home in heaven are we making our home to do the will of the Lord are we building on ourselves instead of dwelling with, what, with God he chose another relationship and you know, you know we've talked about our heart craves this place of Eden it craves heaven and it craves those things and, and, and it will substitute when it can't find it does that make sense? Your heart craves God, but if it do- doesn't get God, it will just take the ne- nearest relationship that it can fill, with, fill itself with. And so there are times where in our searching, in our absolute wretchedness, we will accept less than God just to be a little bit happy. And it's, it's just natural. <laughs> you know, we can uh, beat people up about it. They're just doing what they're doing. You know, they're you know, just following our normal nature, um, and, and so we can end up in a mess, except in less than what God has really got for us. Uh, I want you to consider this: buying and renting' it's very different, isn't it if you rent- if I was renting a house, right <clears throat> And I said, right, I'm renting this house. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to borrow 50 grand off the bank uh, and I'm going to uh, build an extension um, on the back of my rented house for me. And uh, the boiler's broke and I'm just going to buy a new boiler myself. What would you say to me? What are you doing, you idiot? And what, what are you doing that for? You're throwing your money down the drain. It's not even your house. You might not even be there next year. you might be somewhere else. But we can, we can live like that times what are you' investing in? Are you investing in what you've got here or are you investing in what's there? And that's a hard challenge, isn't it? You know because we've got to live and we've got to do things I'm not saying don't have an extension on your house I'm not not saying that I've got one of mine but what I'm saying is that where your treasure is is that where your heart is is that where all your investment is you know uh, I know a guy and and he spends all his time just working on his house working on his house every evening working on his house up to 11 o'clock working on his house to build a a workshop Uh, and he built this amazing workshop uh, and, and then Do you know what he does? In his workshop he works to get some more money which he then spends on this and that and the reality is one day he's going to die and someone else is going to have that house and it won't be his anymore. What what are we working towards? What's your priority? Uh, Where's your home? In your heart you have a home and as Christians we can move um, that needle can move. Does that make sense? You know, well, being with the Lord was my number one. And my relationship with him was number one. And the needle was just moved a little bit. And now I'm just trying to, you know, now my, my relationship with my partner's number one. And that's not working out so well. And I'm really angry and stressed. You know, and the Lord's saying, Come back to that place where you're building with me, because you, when you build with God, you build for eternity. Everything here perishes, uh, and I just want to encourage you that when we build with the Lord, it's it's for eternity. And you know, there's 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 times where we can can be caught up in heaven in prayer. You're going to spend time in prayer and you spend time in the presence of the Lord. That's heaven. You know, sometimes that can be, I find prayer can be hard work. But it does an eternal work in you when you pray. Something that won't perish. You know, so that's why it's so important for us to come today, isn't it? And just be part of Sunday mornings. Because we all enter into God's presence together during the worship. We're entering in, into, into the home. Into the Lord's home for us, uh, and just get a taste of it. And as we get a taste of it, we think, "Yeah, that's where I really want to be." And you know, you can spend so long outside the home, you get used to it. I used to have a friend, and he used to spend so much time outside because he, he just, you know, he was allowed to be outside, and his mum and dad didn't buy him a coat and that sort of stuff. And he didn't get cold no, like like I used to get cold. He said, like, "I don't care. I don't need a coat." because I've been outside for so long and we can get like that we can get numb to the fact that God's got something better for us and we can just be like well I've been going in this direction for so long it just feels normal and alright and, and I don't even realise what I'm missing out on but when we come and we be part of the presence of the Lord together we think yes this is the place this is where I want to be eternally uh, and it and it needle it moves the needle of of our focus to come more over to God is what I really want I really want to build my eternal uh, treasures uh, and I want to be with him and uh, that's what I want to encourage you with today through the spirit we can be sure of our home and when we are sure isn't it a great thing isn't it a big weight off your mind isn't it a big weight off your heart we are I know where I'm going and you know this I know I'm not good enough and I'm going anyway isn't that exciting there's no one, anyone, nothing anybody can do to stop me going There's nothing anybody can do to stop me going because the Lord loves me and he's made a place for me and I just, I just want to encourage you in that exciting and there's nothing you have to do but do you know what he's given us opportunities to store up more riches why wouldn't we why wouldn't we? Why wouldn't we love others? Why wouldn't we go and do his will? Why wouldn't we go and spend time in his presence now? Not because we have to, but because we want to, because we want to build with him. You know, um, I think there's some Christians that spend, you know, they, they know the Lord, they're, they're in the kingdom, and then they spend the rest of their lives building in the wrong direction. And it says, you know, I'll burn up all the dross. It says that. I'll burn up all the, all, all the stuff that isn't coming. What are we building that's going all the way? <laughs> so what are the signs? What are the signs that maybe my my, my home has shifted from the spiritual kingdom into the earthly kingdom? What are the the telltale signs? Well, I'll just put some of the things that I thought. I'm stressed. I'm always stressed. You know, when when it's, and this is something I think, when it's your house, it's stress, right? (laughs) When the boiler breaks, it's your problem. You've got to go and sort it out. If you're renting, it's not a stress so much, is it? Well, it's broke we just call them and they come and sort it and there's a sense when we make our home on this earth there's so much stress in that and we can get so caught up in what's happening right here Um, and they're all saying what? come away with me you're only renting there you're only renting there in a spirit you can be with me and I can sort it if you want (laughs) it's my earth you may have lost your creativity I talked about earlier Maybe you're a Christian and you're like, I've just been going so long and I just I've got no ideas anymore. And the Lord wants you to be creative. I want to encourage you. The Lord wants you to be creative in him. He's made you know, we're talking about the Garden of Eden, naming the animals and that sort of stuff and, and God God wants you to have ideas. He wants that. He loves that. And that's part of the excitement of being in a relationship. You know, when you're with each other and uh, you you've got, with your partner. And, and oh, we, maybe we should do this or maybe we should do that. Oh, I'm going to build this. And you do it together. And, and it's exciting to do something together. And, and the Lord wants that for us. Uh, and, and, and if your creativity is just completely gone, I just want you to consider, may the Lord speaking to me this morning. Being, being uh, obsessed with having things exactly the way you want them. Having to have really strong ownership over everything. You know, that's a sign that maybe maybe my, my treasure's down here. Maybe my home's down here. Because when, when the Lord really gets hold of you, you know what, you, you, you start saying, well, those things don't matter so much. You know? When beforehand I'd say, I don't like that colour. Now I say, like, I don't really matter about it. what colour you paint the walls, darling. Mainly because I want an easy life. But you know, what, you know what I'm saying? There's a sense where things start to become less important so you have to have them exactly as you want them. Because I'm not here forever. So I can put up with that for a while. You've continually got that sense of searching. I'm not there I know there's more I know there's more I know there's something I haven't got and i see other people and I know they've got it and I know I haven't got something and I don't know what it is and I haven't got a clue well the Lord's here for you this morning and he can give you that absolute assurance and that freedom and you won't be searching anymore um, <clears throat> if you're not able to relax you find it really hard to relax you know um the heavenly home is a place where relax, relaxing is is normal, you know. Um, <clears throat> you look in the garden and Adam would have been relaxed. And that's you're entitled to that in your spirit. Your spirit is entitled to be relaxed. Um, we don't always feel like that. But I'll tell you what, all these things are on offer this morning in Jesus Christ. I want you to respond with me this morning to God, uh, to what he's saying. If there are things that I've said this morning, you're like, yep, I know I'm saved, but I just, the needle's moved uh, and I want God afresh, uh, I, I want to get these things sorted out. I want you to respond this morning to the Lord. Uh, I think it's so important to actively respond to God, um, you know, because it puts down a marker. This is what I found. You know, when, when you just do it in your own heart, uh, it's good, but, you know, the devil can steal it away. Did you really pray that? Did you really mean that? Did God really speak to you? And you know what? If you, if you stand up, when you put your hands in the air, or you go forward for prayer, you go, yeah, I do remember that time. God really did it, and I remember I, 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 I responded, and I've got a marker in my life where I know God did something. Uh, and, and, uh, and I just want to encourage you that whoever's speaking, whoever God's word is, if, if you feel it in your heart, don't walk away without responding. I don't know, there are many different ways to respond um, <coughs> but make it physical make it something where you come forward or you stand up or you put your hands in the air